0: The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix or at BellFord.com. Verizon Wireless. This is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Cancio Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the Mask, whether on the ice or in line, we are the Valley's headquarters for all of your hockey needs. Check us out at BehindTheMask.com. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates. Get your personalized shower shoes and koozies at IcetimeHockeySW.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Zach Bondurant.
1: All right, welcome in professional hockey fans that may be listening to us live anywhere that you can get the Podbean app, which of course is anywhere in the world. Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. Well, okay, scratch that, not beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona today, a rainy, wet, snowy, you name it, Scottsdale, Arizona, and my co-host as always, Zach Bondurant from uh, about the same weather conditions in Chandler, Arizona. Zach, how are you tonight?
2: Good. Uh, Trying to stay dry. Other than that, just cruising right along. I'll take this over uh, snow and (laughs) minus weather any day.
1: I hear you. Well, uh, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the D Las Vegas is uh, uh, underway because hockey is underway. Uh, Six games played for everybody in the Honda West NHL division. Uh, The uh, Henderson Silver Knights, the uh, Colorado Eagles, and the Tucson Roadrunners have all gotten in at least a week worth of uh, training camps, I believe. And uh, even even the uh, Roadrunners played a couple of uh, exhibition games this last weekend. So professional hockey is back. I know you're chomping at the bit to get out there and get some photos, at least at the AHL level. So um, hopefully that's sooner rather than later. So just your thoughts, Zach, first to start things off on uh, the start of the NHL season and the first six games that were played.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I think everybody's settling in, trying to f- uh, find their rhythm. Um, obviously, Vegas has found theirs very early on. Um, I'm pretty sure they have the best record right now, which uh, not necessarily surprising, but they've obviously, like I said, found their their rhythm and, and are chomping at the bit to try and get to the Stanley Cup finals and hoist it. Um some of the other things I think that may be surprising is Montreal sitting on top of the Scotiabank North. Uh I that's that's a little surprising, honestly. Four wins, two overtime wins or overtime losses. So um the Canadian the uh the Canadian division is uh, trying to settle in right now, and then a couple big trades that have gone on, teams trying to figure out maybe they're finding uh, holes that they didn't realize before. And you saw Patrick Line and get traded um, going over to Columbus. So I think that'll be an interesting, interesting matchup, especially since uh, they're sitting second in the Discovery Central. And then Pierre PLD, as he's called, um, he is now going to Winnipeg. So kind of weird the sense that they were drafted 1 2, Line going before, uh, and they literally just switched teams. So um <laughs> it's kind of a kind of an odd situation but when you have Matthew's number one overall in that draft class i uh, not saying neither of those players are, are any good but it's definitely their second second best compared to Matthews so far
1: yeah for sure we, you know when you look at the uh, the Honda West uh NHL division and you see the Golden Knights at 5-1-0 and 10 points um and then you look all the way down at the bottom which is the Arizona Coyotes who are Two, three, and one with five points, but the the Coyotes and the Golden Knights played four games in a row: two in Vegas last week, two here on Friday and Sunday, and the last two the, the Coyotes won Friday night, and uh, were within forty two seconds of pushing a zero uh, zero tie uh, into uh, overtime. So um, there's a there's a logjam as you would expect this early in the season, but. Nobody really running away with it. Vegas with 10 points, a surprising Minnesota Wild with eight. Uh, St. Louis with seven. Colorado, I guess, might be a little bit of a surprise with uh, 3-3 in O-Mark, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, And then the Kings with six points and the Ducks with six points and San Jose with six points. Uh, It's a real logjam.
2: Yeah, this division is kind of an odd one in the sense that Um, you've got two or three clear-cut Stanley Cup um, contenders, and then you have three to four, depending on how you want to look at it, of rebuilding teams. And when it comes to rebuilding teams, they could surprise people. So to the fact that Minnesota is up in second right now, Uh, maybe they found, maybe they found that rhythm, but the other aspect too, is these teams are playing each other constantly. So like you alluded to the Vegas had played Arizona four times already. Well, Vegas won three of those. And if you've got, you know, Colorado going 500 LA and Anaheim going 500 and also San Jose a 500, you're going to be punched down to the bottom of the standings real quick. So I think it's going to take some time to kind of level out, to be honest. I don't expect Arizona to be sitting at the very bottom of the standings when the season's over. Um, and just like, I mean, and I'll be honest. I, I would definitely say it's a surprise to see Colorado sitting at 3-3 three and three right now. Um, but again, that's that's kind of what happens when you have the same eight teams playing each other every night or every other night is, you know, the standings are going to fluctuate for a little bit and, you know, you're not going to have people moving up quickly because they're playing out of the division. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all going to kind of settle in and get, you know, settle the bottom. People are going to get, um, in their rhythm. And I think you're going to start seeing a little bit more of, of St. Louis and Colorado, um, and I think honestly, Arizona showing that they had that um, loss. What was it? Was it Sunday where they lost one nothing? I mean, that's that's a really strong showing yeah,
1: with with forty two seconds left on the on the, uh,
2: the regulation clock. So yeah, okay, and so, that was Kemper playing out of his mind. Well, oh, so. he
1: stood on his head. He stood on his head. Uh, but yeah. so did Mark Andre Fleury. He just didn't get many shots. Uh, the Coyotes only generated like sixteen shots. So, I mean, you're not going to win many games like that. You got to be uh, almost perfect if you're going to do that. So, for them to hang in the game until the last less than a minute uh, was pretty astounding itself with the with the Coyotes. But this is such an unusual season, Zach. Not only the matchups, uh, you know, is because divisions playing within divisions, but only 56 games, right? So you look at yeah. the uh, when the schedule uh, p- plays out and you've got maybe played 20 games, you've played almost half your schedule. So it's really important, and I think we talked about this in our preview shows, that um, the, the team that jumps out and uh, builds a lead quickly – um, may have the, the best opportunity to win the division because it's going to be so hard to come back. Like Vegas now won't play Arizona again until April. <laughs> I mean, yeah, by that time, yeah. by that time, it could be all said and done. Uh, we just don't know. But uh, so it's going to be really, really interesting. Uh, I think the other thing that we haven't really talked much about are the taxi squads and how important they're going to be down the stretch. And and we know with uh, San Jose, for example, Brinson Passion, the former Sun Devil captain is on that taxi squad and Arizona pulled up Victor Soderstrom uh, from their taxi squad and played him these two games at home against uh, Vegas. And uh, by the way, he held his own very, very well. And so that's going to be unique in the fact that you're going to be able to get players that you normally wouldn't have around uh, and bring them in as needed. And of course we know why It's, it's due to the COVID policy and it's due to the possibility of injuries in a compacted season like this, but what are your thoughts on the taxi squad?
2: Um, I mean, I think it's – if you use it to your advantage uh, in the sense that, you know, using it for cap relief, I think it's a really good thing. Uh, the other thing I think that's it, that you can use to your advantage is you can uh, keep the players with you. So, for instance, um, Bowen Byram was on the taxi squad, was able to get under the COVID protocol – um, and he's able to play. Um, and if they feel that you know maybe he needs a little bit of time to practice, or uh, you know just maybe he's just not ready right now, uh, they can put him back into the taxi squad. Cap Friendly is showing him in the taxi squad right now. Um, I don't necessarily know how how true that is, um, especially after his past game with the Ducks. Um, but it does show in the lineup, uh, the projected lineup, that he is slotted in with Sam Girard. So um, I think it can be good. I think it's also a way to get players playing time. Like Martin Cout, I think, is going, to, is going to be one of those players that um, see some advantage from that. He can come in and, and play some NHL minutes, uh, show what he's got, because I think this is kind of a – uh, a do or die season for him um, to kind of show what he's made of. He's not on a contract year right now, um, but I—I I mean, he's—he was a tenth overall pick, or maybe it wasn't a tenth overall pick. Maybe it was in late teens. Um, but either way, he—he he was one of those picks that Colorado used. Um, he was sixteen, that's what it was. So he was one of those picks that Colorado used. It was a first round pick. Um, and I think it's kind of time to shine um, when he gets those call-ups to the NHL. And I think he really has to take advantage of that taxi squad situation when he can go up there.
1: You know what? And the other thing I thought was unique uh, when I looked through the standings, and I have them in front of me now, and I look, and Vegas is a plus seven in goal differential. Uh, Minnesota is a plus three. Colorado's a plus three. Everybody else is either even or minus. And for example, St. Louis uh, has seven points, but they're minus six in goal differential. So I don't know if that tells you a whole lot right now. But but that is uh, that's your thoughts. I can.
2: Hear yeah, uh, not not for those two because Colorado potted eight against St. Louis. It was eight nothing. Um. So right. For right now, this early in the season, it doesn't really say too much for Vegas. Maybe Vegas that could tell you something because the games they've played um, have maybe been won by two goals, or for instance, they won by one when they played Arizona last. So um, not right now, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't put a lot of heavy weight on that number um like I said especially for Colorado and St. Louis because they did have that 8-0 game so um yeah I, I think I think you can look at Vegas and say okay that's that's highly plausible in and Arizona and, and be that you know minus two differential uh be very plausible as well
1: and outside of the conference I think you can look at Montreal's numbers and see them as um a four zero and 2 mark but a plus 11 and goal differential uh, that tells you that Montreal is putting the puck in the net and keeping their bonus from giving the puck in the
2: net. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I don't know necessarily what their schedule was, but then you can look down at Vancouver and see a minus 13 and you can probably infer that, you know, a lot of those plus 11 points came from a game with Vancouver where they, where they were just hot. Montreal was putting pucks in the net. And Vancouver couldn't do anything about it. Um, so, yeah, and, and that's kind of odd considering Vancouver's goalie tandem. Um, so, yeah, it, it's one of those situations. I think goalies are trying to get into their rhythm. Um, you know, if nothing else, no position. I, I At least I don't think so. No position in any other professional sports is as routine-oriented as a goalie, a uh, pitcher may be tied for one for baseball. Uh, if not, it's a very close second. But um, yeah, right now, and we see this all the time, even with the regular 82 game schedule, the the standings fluctuate so much because those goalies are trying to find the rhythm, trying to find, um, trying to get in the groove. The defense is finding their way. The coach is finding the, the chemistry, finding finding the lines, just getting them situated in gameplay. Players are getting used to getting hit again at this point. So, I mean, if you look around the league, there's only Dallas, Dallas and Florida have played two games. That's the least amount. So those teams right there are still getting used to being, you know, bodies put on them um, and not by their own team. So, yeah, it, it'll continue to fluctuate probably until the end of this month. Um, which will be next Sunday or this coming Sunday, and then I think you're going to start seeing the cream come to the top, and and everybody's going to find that that brand of hockey that each team is known for.
1: Okay, we're going to take a quick break here in a minute, but the other thing I did want to say is about a week and a half, almost two weeks into the season now, every team in the league has at least three points, which I think is pretty uh, pretty phenomenal because uh, you know normally you'll see a team that that uh, maybe doesn't uh, that doesn't win for the first 10 games. I and mean, we've seen that with the coyotes in the past and Ottawa and Detroit. Uh, but everybody right now, at least, at least has three points, uh, which, which I think is a good thing because there's a little more parody in the league, but, um, let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's start and uh, break down our three teams, uh, here in the Honda division West in our area, the Southwest will go with uh, Arizona first. Some will go Colorado and Vegas. And, uh, and then we'll jump over on the second half of the show to uh, to talk some AHL stuff. So we'll be back in about three minutes. Hi, this is Derek
0: Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at circusports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sports books at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been oh! listening to everything you said it's
2: Roger Klein's canción Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for
1: lunch. Oh, that Fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links,
2: fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs?
1: all right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. Um, just back from from Vegas all last week doing our shows from there. We missed you. Paul missed you. He would love to have had you at the Circa Stadium swim, uh, Zach. So uh, the next time, we got to get you up to Vegas and, uh, and have you uh, enjoy some of the uh, surroundings.
2: Yeah, yeah, let's see what uh, we can get rolling there. And then, yeah, I don't think it's going to be as rainy up there as it is down here. So, uh, snowing but today, I little... Zach. Snowing, snowing in Vegas today. In Vegas? Okay, never mind. Uh, we'll have to rethink it then. <laughs> I left Michigan to get out of the snow for that reason.
1: <laughs> but here's the thing with the. Uh with with our trip up there uh the weather couldn't have been better for january paul was uh, so excited and so happy to be able to go to the uh the circus swimmer it was 98 degrees in the pool and he got over there a couple of days we we're able to get over there and see the uh the Henderson silver knights uh open up their training camp and and do some uh some fun things so all kinds of good stuff happening uh, i said we're going to quickly break down the uh the the three teams in the NHL in our uh, coverage area in the Honda West Division. So let's start with the Arizona Coyotes. They come in as I said um, with a uh, a record of uh, two three and one five points in six games. Um, Phil Kessel off to uh, kind of a fast start. Four goals for him. Connor Garland with six points uh, and uh, auntie Ranta playing pretty well as well as Darcy Kemper. So. Um, when we talk the uh, Arizona Coyotes, we've we've talked at nauseum about the fact that it's a rebuild, right? But it's not the true rebuild where you break it all down, I don't think. I think they wanted to go after it in a different sense where they were going to try to uh, continue to win and move forward while mixing the matching pieces. Your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I think that's – I'm pretty sure that's the idea that they're going for, um, because if you look at the roster, they have a good core group. You have Garland and Smaltz, uh, Chikrin, Keller, uh, Kajula, uh Hayden, Ekman Larson. Ekman Larson's getting a little bit up there, um, but as far as that use, and, and he's injured right now, so that that hasn't helped. Exactly. Yeah. So, but when you, that youth core, that Barrett Hayden, Clayton Keller, uh, Jacob Chikrin, Nick Schmaltz and Connor Garland, that's a really nice sounding roster on paper. Um, Victor Soderstrom, as you had mentioned, got called up. He's played two games. Um, I I think now this could be a non-traditional rebuild and, um, if the Coyotes are going for that, I applaud them uh, above and beyond because I think they're having to do this, though, because of the lack of draft picks that they've got. Um, but again, it could also be because they've got a good youth core that they want to build on, and they don't want to to get rid of those pieces just yet. Um So, yeah, I I mean, it's one of those situations where you kind of have to play it out. I think this season will be a tell-all as to what their next steps will be. Um, But, yeah, as of right now, it's kind of a, let's play this season, see how we do. Come draft time, we may need to make some deals. Maybe they're hoping one of their players gets hot and then they pull the trigger and start a rebuild or they were able to find another player. I know they were in talks for uh, for the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade, which when I heard that, I didn't know how that was going to work, um, especially what Columbus was looking for in return. So the fact that Arizona is in those trade talks tells me that they believe in this core and that they're not set on this tear it down, rebuild it, idea if they're trying to get a, a pivotal piece like PLD.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And a couple of, of, of names that I'll throw at you that I thought were um, performing very well early on. I mean, it's only six games, but Derek Broussard I thought was a great pickup. Uh, they put the A on him, and and he's, his leadership shows. Uh, he leads clearly by example. I'm not sure what he's like in the locker room, but – On the ice, Uh, they all follow him, and he always sets things up. The other one that I've been pleasantly surprised with is Tyler Pitlick. I thought he was another great pickup. I mean, uh, he's got a great shot, great work ethic, and uh, when you have guys like that, they're kind of calming. You know what? Johan Larson, I also got to put him in there. Doesn't have any points yet, but his his, uh, time on the ice is stabilizing. So that's why you're seeing, I think, the Coyotes not – Getting blown out uh, in games like they they had in the past, they, they may they may um, have a rough period or or whatever, and all of a sudden, boom, they're out of the game. That's only happened one time this year, and that was uh, last Wednesday night in Vegas, where it could have just been you know a little bit of fatigue early in the season. Um, it could have been the second road game. I mean, who knows? But uh, I think those guys are, are providing a real core of stabilization, which you can build around, like you just said, with the younger players. So uh, kudos to the, uh, the the Coyotes for going out and finding those guys in their cap situation that they're in, to still be able to find good quality players. And then I think we're looking at guys like uh, Barrett Hayton um, starting to come along. We obviously saw Victor Soderstrom. Um, he held his own quite, quite well uh, the last couple of games he played, especially against the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, powerful offense and we've said it many times Zach uh, Darcy Kemper it is the guy right at 2.79 goals against he's played uh, five of the six games um, his save percentage at 906 not horrible not as good as he would like it but 2.79 not bad not a bad start considering for those games against the, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights and two against San Jose so It'll be interesting to see tomorrow night when they get the Ducks in town to see what they can do with, with them and, and go from there. But uh, any other thoughts on, on the Arizona Coyotes, That guys maybe that have jumped out and, and impressed you?
2: Uh, yeah, I think, like you said, Derek Broussard, um, he's been a bit of a journeyman throughout his career in the NHL. Uh, five, six years with Columbus, then he had four years with the New York Rangers, two years with Ottawa, Uh, Went to Pittsburgh for two years. Florida was traded to Colorado in 18, and then Colorado um, let him go to the Islanders through unrestricted free agent and now signed with Arizona. And I think the big thing that I noticed most about him uh, was that entire scrimmage that we were at a few weeks ago. I never saw a smile not on Broussard's face. So I think... Since he started in the league in 07, he's kind of looking at this as, okay, he knows his role. They brought him in to be a leader, to be that calming presence, and to show the younger kids, the core, the way to have a good, successful career. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think, like you had brought up, Broussard, that's that's a player that's definitely going to be a big contributor uh, this year to the Coyotes, and it may not be on the stat sheet, although he's got four points already, one goal, three assists, but it's going to be seen later on down the road when you have Garland and Keller and Barrett Hayden leading this group with lessons that Broussard taught them. So, yeah, that might be one of the best signings that they'll have this year. Um, and, like, uh, he's been around for a while, so it's really good to see that a player of his caliber is, and his, and his uh, experience come in and help the younger generation.
1: Yeah, totally agree. And uh, the other thing that I thought happened over the weekend with the Coyotes were um, they lost that close game to the Vegas Golden Knights. And I don't know if you saw the ending of that, Zach, but it was uh, an, a missed icing call, I guess you'd say. It was really hard to tell um, whether they missed the call or – or waved it off or whatever. It wasn't clear anyway. And uh, Jonathan Marchessault beat Jacob Chickering to the puck, threw a nice backhanded no-look pass right out in front to uh, William Carlson. And, of course, the Coyotes were thinking that maybe it was an icing and had let up. And a lot of the media guys uh, afterwards were, were asking Tockett and Chickering about that. And uh, to, to the credit of Rick Tockett, he stood up and said, yeah, you know what, Uh, the official maybe missed the call, but you have to play to and through the whistle. And he was a little disappointed in his guys that they kind of just took it for for granted and didn't hustle all the way through the play, especially in the final minute of a game that's 0-0. So I think that might be a a turning point because typically – when that happens to the Coyotes, it's like, oh, okay, here we go again. And I know that because even our own beat reporter, Seth Askelson, will say that that was a typical Coyotes move or whatever. And, and maybe now Rick Tockett standing up and telling the reporters that, you know, we're not going to talk about this being an issue. We're going to talk about what we're going to do to go forward, right? And I, I think that was a, a huge move, and I think it will pay dividends down the road.
2: Yeah. And I mean, although you can look at it and say, you know, that's something that Arizona's known for, um, you know, it could go one of two ways. You could look at it and say, well, that's just the the culture that's in that locker room right now. Or you look at it and Rick talk, does exactly what he says. You know, we're not going to talk about it. He knows what he did wrong and we're going to build on it and it's not going to happen again. So Um, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, he could have been gassed too. you know, it's towards the end of the game. You're looking, okay, maybe we go into overtime or let's try and get it done there. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a lesson learned and it's better to learn those lessons early on in the season and make up for them throughout the year than have that be done in the last game where it's do or die and you got to win this to get in the playoffs. So um those lessons are that are that are suffered early on usually are the best lessons
1: absolutely and uh we'll move on to uh to colorado one final thing with the uh, the arizona coyotes i know Ilya labushkin is having problems getting back into the united states and i know they miss him on defense but uh oliver ekman larson out i understand he will be going with them on the road trip uh they don't know when they're going to be able to get him back in action he took a uh really vicious hit from Evander Kane in their second game of the season. So uh, we wish Oliver the best of luck in getting back. Um, when we move on to, to Colorado, um, Nathan McKinnon, doing Nathan McKinnon things right off the get-go, isn't he?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of those guys where you can give him the puck and kind of know that he's going to take care of it, whether by putting it in the back of the net or making a smart play, passing it to a teammate, or dumping it in and, and trying to get a shift change. Um, yeah, it, it's he's going to be a part of this organization's p- potentially the history of it um, at the end of his career because the things he can do with his speed is is un un unbelievable. I mean, eight points in six games. Um, that's, that's a pretty good start. <laughs> two goals, six assists. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the, the big thing is to look at, you know, a lot of people look at him as a point scorer, but six assists already, and Mikko Rantanen uh, is putting him in at will as well. Five goals, two assists. Um, and then the captain, Landeskog doing Landeskog things of, you know, playing every inch of ice like he owns it. Uh, three goals, two assists. And then another one, Sam Gerrard. Five uh, five assists. Kale McCarr five assists, and Devin Taves uh, two goals and two assists in their top six point getters. That's three defensemen, which is ups- <laughs> that's insane. that's a good you thing. Consider uh, yeah, when you consider you have Donskoy, Burkowski, Kadri, and Saad also on this list uh, of Avalanche. So um, yeah, it's. Uh, It's not the start I was expecting them to have. Um, I don't think a lot of people were expecting them to to be 3-3 and at this point. Um, But the Ducks did steal a game off of them uh, with John Gibson just standing on top of his head as well. Uh, There was just nothing they could really do about that. Uh, Because when a goalie's on, a goalie's on. So um, I don't think it's the start that they were looking for. Um, I think they actually expected to have Eric Johnson back by now as well. Um, as of yesterday, uh, he's sitting out still. Um, it's listed as conditioning, which, um, you know, it, it makes sense. I know he was uh, tagged early with the, the COVID. Uh, he got, I think, a positive test on that one, which is why he's been out and not been able to practice and things like that. Um, but then the other thing that made, made news was uh, Ian Cole uh, gets traded for Greg uh, Patterson, which Ian Cole goes to the wild, which um, I, I, I feel as if it's unfortunate. I really liked Ian Cole's game. Um, he's a player that I really liked because he was that staple in defense where you can put him with a young player – uh, like Timmons or Byron or McCarr, and you know that he will be able to uh, quote unquote make up for any mistakes they make. So it it was done for the pure reason to get Bo and Byron in the lineup. Joe Sackick has given the keys to the young kids to, to the franchise and has said, "All right, it's all yours. You guys, you know, we're going to give you the time. We're going to give you the experience, and um, it's up to you." Uh, now, the other thing too was the cap. It was also for cap reasons as well. So, um, pattern is, is exactly half of what Ian Cole's cap hit would be. Um, so, and it was one of those things where his contract was up at the end of the year. And, uh, one of the things that Sackick is known for is taking care of his guys. And what Ian Cole did for the franchise was come in and be that staple, uh, Joe Sakic wanted to, I think, wanted to see him go somewhere where he could have maybe top two line minutes um, and potential to try and earn a contract next year instead of getting a professional tryout, um, or maybe not getting any playing time in the NHL next year at all. So I think this is it's a good move uh, for Ian. I am really bummed to see him go because he was one of my. Uh, one of the players I really liked on this avalanche team because he was that staple. And I think as a Stanley cup team, you need to have uh, you need to have three uh, I guess, stereotypical guys. And one of them is a guy who can put the puck in net at will, which would be McKinnon, a goalie who can steal games for you, which I think could be groove hour. Uh, it's still, still in the works to be seen. And then a guy you can put out there on defense that can mow over anyone and stop the puck from going in the net as a player. And I think that was Ian Cole. So, um, you know, obviously, uh, Greg Pattern's not a a minor league player in his own right. He's an excellent player. Um, I believe they're the same age, so you're not really getting too much as far as an age disparity. Your cap goes down, um, and and you still kind of get that experience as well. So um, defense is kind of kind of trying to melt mold together. Eric Johnson should be coming back. Byron's getting minutes. You got Timmons and then Greg Patterson is new to the lineup. So um, we've not seen the avalanche defense at its absolute best right now, which I believe leads to that three and three start.
1: Totally agree with you. And uh, we always talk goaltenders when we talk the avalanche, because if there is a chink in the armor, uh, it might be the goaltending depth and, and Philip Grubauer has, uh, you know, played five games uh, with a 2.01 GAA, goals against average, and a 9.23 save percentage, which is certainly very good in the NHL. And and our boy Hunter Miska got a start. I know he was frustrated. I saw some of his tweets and texted back and forth from a couple times. He was frustrated to lose that game. Only gave up three goals and his first NHL start, but um, – are you surprised at that right now, Zach, that Philip Grubauer and Hunter Misca are the only two goalies that are played?
2: Um, I mean, considering, you know, anything can happen. Uh, Frantzos getting injured. Um, that's the exact reason why they have the taxi squad. Um, so they were able to call up Misca, which, you know, that's, it's not a bad ducks team. And I can understand his frustration um, I mean, especially being your first, your first NHL start. Um, but I think the thing to to go from that or to learn from that is, this is a good goalie. Uh, he's gonna have his time. It's his first start, um, and it's just a matter of time before he settle in, settles in. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if they give him another start coming up soon. Uh, Their next game is San Jose in in Colorado, uh, which will be tomorrow. And then Thursday they get San Jose again. So considering San Jose is one of those, you know, no, but there's not a bad NHL team in the league, considering these players are all phenomenal in their own right. Uh, But maybe the performances are bad. But considering the Sharks are, quote, unquote, not one of those teams that are supposed to perform that well this year, um, I think it's conceivable to see Miska get a start uh, this week uh, as well, as well as also maybe playing against uh, Minnesota that second game before Franzos comes back, especially since they play uh, at Minnesota Saturday and at Minnesota on Sunday. So a back-to-back, I think, could really work in Miska's favor for maybe getting two games out of this week and and uh, redeeming himself for his frustration. But um I think he's a good goalie. I'm excited to see what comes out from him, what what he, uh, how his play is over the next next few few games if he if he gets an opportunity.
1: You know, and I totally agree with you. I think uh, he's going to get a, probably a start in Minnesota, being his home uh, his hometown, and um, give him the chance to uh, to play. Um, well, not far from his hometown, I should say, when they play uh, in. Uh, the XL Energy Center, but that'll be exciting. Okay, so let's move on to the Vegas Golden Knights, the hottest team, if you will, in hockey right now, 5-1-0 and 0 to start their season. Um, we knew with the Golden Knights, act, uh, we were going to be talking goaltending. Um, if I said start of the year, I'm going to read some stats. You tell me which goaltender this is. Uh, three games played, uh, three goals allowed, a 1.00 goal against and a 951 save percentage. Robin Leonard, Mark andre Fleury, if you had not looked at the games, who would you have said those numbers belong to?
2: Uh, it's hard. I mean, Flowers probably.
1: probably yeah, right on. What if yeah. I read you this line? Three games played, eight goals allowed, 2.68 goals against, and a 0. .89 save
2: percentage would belong would to Mr. Robin that- Leonard. I was going to say, I don't think that goalie's is on the golden Knights. I think you're fibbing <laughs> <to> me. <laughs> um, but I mean, so- honestly, he's, he's had some, he's had, he's played the ducks. He played the ducks twice. Um, and then got Arizona who was able to put in uh, five against him, which considering those numbers was probably that game he was in. Um, and then flowers comes in and shuts him out the next game. So, um yeah I mean in all honesty the fact that Leonard has those numbers and they're still number 1 in their division tells you exactly why the Golden Knights on paper are favored to win the cup because of that goalie tandem. Uh the fact that you can throw either one of them in on any given night and be confident in what you're going to get from them. it's going to be tough to beat Vegas uh in the net. Now you may be able to beat them on the ice and offense and defense on one of those off nights, but in net though, they're going to steal those games when those two, those two groups may be off.
1: Okay. Here's the other thing with the Vegas golden Knights that that I've been impressed with so far. Uh, They named Mark stone, their first ever captain. They went the first three years without a captain. Um, And he seems to have gelled this group together. I know I had a chance to talk with some, some Vegas people, Um, media people when I was up there last week and and they said they were really worried that uh, this locker room might fracture if they got off to a slow start. Well, guess what? They didn't get off to a slow start and a lot of that had to do with Mark Stone. Uh, Last, uh, not this past Saturday night, but the Saturday night before when when we were at Stadium Swim and it went to overtime and seven seconds into the overtime, it was a two-on-one with Stone and Pacioretty and Mark Stone just set up a uh, perfect saucer pass to Pacioretty for a goal that uh, ended up winning that game for him. Um, so Mark Stone being that glue, that glue guy, and they had to get a chance to uh, integrate uh, Petran- uh, Alex Petrangelo. Uh, and, and then also, you know, some of the younger guys. I mean, Keegan Colisar has been around a while, but he's getting a chance to to move in and out of the lineup with their cap. Uh, things that they need, need to do. And Cody Glass, the same thing. He's put on some weight now, looking better and better, and he's moved around within the uh, the lineup as well. I know one thing that was uh, different, Zach, is that because of the cap struggles, if you will, they, they've really done some different lineup things. Like the other night, they played five defensemen against the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, that you don't see in the NHL very often.
2: Well, no, but I mean, especially when you got, you've you got guys like Shea Theodore and Alec Um you can afford to do that. Pietrangelo, Pietrangelo was a minute muncher up in, in, in St. Louis. He was able to go out on the ice and play hard top-line NHL minutes, and Shea Theodore is the same. And, I mean, Shea Theodore is in the Norris Trophy talk so far right now. I mean, we're only six games in, but – The fact that you have a Norris Trophy uh, name being uttered for that right now is really strong for Vegas. Um, I mean, the other thing to consider too is anybody who's played a game on the Vegas roster, there's only two players that do not have a point, and it's Braden McNabb and William Carrier. Uh, But everybody else at least has one point. Um, And there's only five guys who have a single point, and after that, you get into the three, four, five, and then Shea Theodore, Mark Stone, uh, leading the team. Stone's got eight, and Theodore's got six. So, um, I mean, when you when you've got this lineup on paper, and obviously the product on the ice is speaking for itself with five and one, um, yeah, it's you can afford to to kind of to to tinker with your roster a little bit, right? Um, I think that gives gives Vegas a little bit of um uh, some some wiggle room as i'd say is you know let's let's see what happens if if we go 5d men you know maybe we lose somebody through inju- injury you know do we have let's see what our four lines can do if if we have a defenseman go down in the middle of a game you know let's see um let, let's just see what we can do as far as a little chemistry i don't think it's a it's a bad thing Uh, Especially when they are in the middle of just starting the season, because everybody's going to be trying to find that those those uh, those pairings. So, yeah, I mean, I think it it just gives them uh, it gives Pete DeBoer a really nice uh, the ability. I'm sorry, the ability to to really you know tinker with the roster. Let's see what works, what doesn't work. Let's try some things here and there. And and right now they're in a great position to do that. So. Um, you might see a little bit more of it. Um, and he honestly, I don't know what their cap restrictions are that, that game that happened, but he may have had to do that specifically to be eligible to pay because of the cap, you know, maybe you had to move. A, <laughs> that, that's a, a fact. A, yeah. So maybe you had to move somebody down to that taxi squad in order to be eligible. That, and that was just the best way to do it. So um, yeah, it's something you're probably going to see a lot of out of Vegas this year because of their restrictions but, um, I mean, they. Well, I, you're, I think you're, you're a gonna proponent see that, of it. They get it done.
1: You're, you're going to see a lot of that until uh, the trade deadline possibly when they make a move or consider making a move to get uh, under the cap and be more comfortable with their lineup. A um, couple things I do want to say. Number one is a lot of people said Vegas has the best home ice in the National Hockey League. And despite not having any fans, they got off to their best start at home, 4-0 at home. So um that that's that's pretty impressive when they they used um didn't have to use the fans to propel them to their best start ever at home. Okay, I know they're a young franchise. So 4-0 is not a big deal probably to a lot of major franchises, but uh for them being as young as they are, that was a pretty um nice milestone for them to achieve. Uh secondly is uh, I think you're seeing the playoff loss of last fall. Uh Turning around and, and inspiring and motivating and and maybe teaching a lesson to guys because um, Jonathan Marshall admittedly did not have his best uh, playoffs last year. Uh, neither did William Carlson. Um, uh, Riley Smith I thought was very good in the playoffs, but those three are back together and they're playing really really well. There's a lot of effort. Uh, they were they were part of the the, the tandem that got the game winning goal with 42 seconds left here in Arizona. And uh, so when they're clicking and then you have your other lines starting to come together and your defense starting to gel, I think the sky's the limit uh, for Vegas. And and I think like you and I have talked this before, if they don't win that cup in the next couple of years, uh, it's going to be a serious disappointment for them. Um, And then finally, the, the one thing that we haven't said that we thought maybe might happen with the Golden Knights is maybe they would influx some guys like, Cody Glass has played some, but not a ton. He's looked really good when he has on the power play, but they haven't brought in Jack Dugan yet. And, um, we're going to get into this in just a minute when we talk AHL, but, um, Peyton Krebs is the real deal. <laughs> I watched him two days in practice, Zach. He is a, uh, a terrific hockey player on both ends of the ice and hands that, uh, are really, really good. So we'll get into that. Um, we're going to take another quick break, and we're going to come back and talk AHL because we got some news with the Arizona Coyotes uh, promoting their uh, their assistant coach in Tucson, our good friend, Steve Potton. So uh, we'll get into that in just a minute. Let's take another uh, two-minute break, and we'll be right back to uh, talk AHL hockey here in the Southwest on Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly.
0: At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and players are constantly having to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season, that doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories that you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at BehindTheMask.com. We have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our Three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. If you live in the Valley, you know that there are no shortage of options when it comes to eating Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste combined with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. For the breakfast burritos, which are served all day, the combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at circussports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at circussports.com. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com
1: to get your future started today. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino, Scott Strandy in Scottsdale, Arizona tonight, and Zach Bondrand, my co-host as always, joining me from Chandler, Arizona, um, Zach Let's ready. To, we're getting ready to talk AHL hockey, and they just got back on the ice, the AHL They'll start games for real on the 5th of uh, February, which is right around the corner. But uh, one of the things that happened with the Arizona Coyotes is they promoted our guy, Steve Potten, as an assistant coach in Tucson to head coach when uh, Jay Verratti uh, moved up to the, the uh, NHL coaching staff. So congratulations to our boy, Steve, and, uh, he got his first win tonight, all be in an exhibition game.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I think that's actually uh, the perfect move for the, for the Roadrunners. It's a uh, Steve's been with the organization. He knows he knows the players very well. He's obviously proven himself to be a good coach. Um, he's always an ex- excellent get, uh, guest when he comes on the show. So I couldn't be more happy for him. He's a really good guy, and I'm excited to see. Uh, to see how his team does this year, and excited to get out to the rink and, and see him coaching as the head coach of the Roadrunners.
1: Yeah, and his lineup uh, is is pretty solid. I mean, they they came off of uh, you know the COVID shortened season, but he got the uh, the win, um, which was good. Uh, I mean, they they got the uh, yeah. I lost my train of thought for a minute. Sorry, folks. He got <laughs> the Roadrunners got the Pacific Division Championship. Uh, because they were in the lead when the season came to a halt. He has a lot of those players coming back and a lot of guys that he can use, you know, Tyler Steenbergen and Lane Peterson and Jan Yannick. Uh, You just go right down the list, Michael Bunting, Dyson Mayo, uh, just a lot of talented forwards.
2: Yeah, and I think, uh, I don't know if you had said uh, Braden Burke, but that was their leading scorer last year. Um, and we had talked to him a little bit about uh, Braden, and he was signed as a free agent. Um, so I think he's going to perform well for them again. And I think, I think it's a potential that they uh, that they take this. I, I don't necessarily know what they're calling the division because they did have to kind of re-rack it, um, I believe, uh, in order to include like Stockton and Bakersfield. I don't know if they were in that division as well, but I think they have a pretty good chance of, uh, of winning it. Um, Prestorov will most likely be their starter, um, which in that scrimmage, he, he let in some few goals that were, um, I guess, questionable. But the fact of the matter is, is, you know, it's the first kind of competition they've really had in a really long time. So, um, I think he's, I think he's got a really solid goaltending core. Um, he's got a lot of guys like you said coming back in the defense and offensive core. So uh, I think they're going to make some moves and they're going to make some noise.
1: Yeah, I think they will. We'll know more and we'll talk more about the uh, the Roadrunners roster as uh, they get underway. There, like I said, they played in uh, L.A. and on Ontario against the uh, rain and they uh, split this. Uh, the series, but then they get our friends, the San Jose Barracuda. And I know you've got to be excited to have a chance to maybe get down there and and see our boy, uh, Mr. Pashnik, not Brinson Pashnik, but Steen Pashnik in the lineup for, uh, for the Barracuda.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's, um, I think you'll be really excited for that opportunity. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, anytime I get to photograph anybody, that's awesome. But especially somebody who's been so (laughs) great to, uh, has been so great to us specifically. The passion have been nothing but generous with their time. Um, and they're just, they're just a great, great bunch of guys. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really excited to see them get the next step and, uh, take their game to the next level, and and I have no doubt that that both of them will be in the NHL or have some NHL games because of the type of games that they play. But especially Steen, because he's that uh, he's that player that brings the intangibles. Uh he'll block pucks, he leads the team by example. So yeah, I'm excited to see uh, see him make his return back to to Arizona.
1: You know, I know that you uh, you get a chance to. Uh... Get up close and personal with Colorado Avalanche, but tell us a little bit about the uh, Colorado Eagles because uh, a lot of people down here, especially, and we added them, they don't know about the, a lot about the Eagles. What What do you think uh, of the Eagles roster right now, and where do you see them fitting in in the Western Division of the AHL?
2: Um, that's a team that's going to to provide a lot of competition. Um, there's a lot of new. There's, there's not a lot of new guys on the AHL squad. A um, couple of the new draft picks that they picked up uh, from this year. But um, I think the big thing to kind of look at is the goaltending core. Um, all new guys. Peyton Jones just signed a uh, a contract. Uh, Penn State kid, so uh, something I'm excited for, seeing a college kid get in a get an opportunity as an undrafted free agent coming in playing for the Avalanche. Um, Eustace and Noonan is still playing in the Finnish Liga. So he won't be in the AHL. Um, that's, that's their top goalie prospect. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you have Martin Kaut, he's been vying for an NHL spot. So he's not, he's not on the AHL roster like he was last year. Um, Shane Bowers is a player that I think you're going to see really take a step forward this year, uh, both on the stat sheet and in the locker room. He's been, uh, been with the Eagles. I don't know if he was with them for the majority of the season last year or just a little bit. Um, obviously COVID kind of made things a little, um, shake things up a little bit and my my memory's not so great when it comes to him, but I think you're really going to see him take a step forward. Sheldon Dries is going to be the staple in that locker room as the veteran. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, this is probably going to be a team that's going to really push to be in the top slot uh, because of the competitiveness within the defense and the offense. Um, but it kind of mirrors the Colorado Avalanche, I guess, dilemma and this fact that A lot of unproven goalies within the organization, so um, you know we're going to see a strong offense and defense. And you're, I think, you're going to see between uh, Minor and Parker Gagin. Gagin, I'm sorry, Parker. Uh, I probably butchered that name. And then Peyton Jones, you're probably going to see a lot of (laughs) a lot of minutes between those those three goalies trying to figure out. Who the, who the clear-cut number one is.
1: Okay, so let's jump over to Henderson. Uh, we're running out of time, but we'll, we'll sneak this in real quick. And if you uh, want to know a little bit more about the Henderson Silver Knights, you can go to our YouTube channel or the website and take a look at the feature uh, Paul Hornstein and I did from uh, training camp. But the Henderson Silver Knights also have some new faces because everybody's new. Uh, but we'll start right at the Director of Broadcasting and Communications and Brian McCormack. Is, uh, is back in Vegas. He spent some time there for a while. Uh, earlier, he's back uh, doing the director of broadcasting and will uh, be the guy, the voice of the uh, Henderson Silver Knights. But, Zach, as I was watching the Silver Knights play, they played with the same style and intensity as you would expect of the Vegas Golden Knights. And guess what? Their goaltenders aren't too shabby. <laughs> Both of their goaltenders um, looked really, really sharp, I thought, uh, it's unique, and Paul and I commented about this, is that uh, they have one that catches right-handed, one that catches left-handed, which I'm sure is an advantage to their team to uh, to practice against. Um, Jack Dugan uh, was not out on the ice for the two days we were there. I think he's still on the taxi squad. Maybe he'll get some aim, game action down in, in Henderson, but we're not sure. But Peyton Krebs, Reed Duke, They were uh, making their mark. I I would be shocked if Reed Duke doesn't wear the C. He's been around a long time. He was the first ever uh, signee by the Golden Knights and making his mark in Henderson. And like I said, Peyton Krebs is – he's Peyton Krebs. (laughs) Everything you saw at the World Juniors, you can amplify by about five. And that's what he's doing right now at the, uh, the AHL camp.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I think uh, they took a gamble when they drafted Krebs because he had, I believe, it was like a broken heel. Uh, uh, he Achilles. He drafted. He had Achilles. Achilles. Okay, that's what it was. So yeah, so they took a bit of a gamble on him. Um, I know that when they took him uh, to the so-called experts, that was a little bit, I guess, not too high, but they were looking at it. Okay, this is this. They know this player is a really good player. But the injury he has may have led him to drop down, um, and Vegas Vegas took him with their pick. So obviously, it's paying off. Um, his World Junior outing was absolutely phenomenal. It, uh, it obviously didn't end the way he wanted it to, but um, it's just a stepping stone for him to make a, a large impact within this organization. And with a player of his caliber. Um, The only thing he's got to worry about is when he gets the opportunity because Vegas is stacked from from head to toe with with heavy hitters. Um, It's just a matter of when he gets this opportunity, Um, but he is going to capitalize on it. And I think I think that's for sure. I think we can all look at him in any practice or scrimmage or game action and say, okay, this this kid's going to be a player and he's going to get some get some ice time real soon.
1: You know, and everybody talks about the goaltenders that the Vegas Golden Knights have and the fact that they're getting up in age and what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Well, Dylan Ferguson uh, still looks really sharp. He's still really young. Logan Thompson, I thought, was phenomenal. Uh, he happened to be right in front of us during uh, both game, or practices that we saw, and he was phenomenal. Oh, yeah, and by the way, they got a kid uh, in Omaha. That looked pretty darn good the other night with the, uh, the uh, NCAA team at the University of Omaha. So um, their their goaltending is going to be just fine. As I mentioned, they've got uh, uh, some solid returning veterans. They've got Paul Cotter uh, playing forward. They've got uh, Lucas Alvarez, uh, another forward who's extremely talented. They have Jack Dugan. They have Reed Duke. They have Peyton Krebs. Um they got some experienced defensemen. So while they're the first year of their franchise, um, they got some guys that have been around. I mean, you think guys like Mason Primo had a great college career. Jimmy Schultz, captain of uh, St. Cloud State, on their defensive core over there at, uh, at Henderson. So the, the Henderson Silver Knights are going to be no slouch right from the get-go. And uh, any team that's owned by Bill Foley, you would expect that. These guys are no different. They've got probably the best AHL facility to practice in. They're going to be at the Orleans Arena for their home games for the next uh, year and a half or so, and then they'll jump over to that brand-new facility uh, that's being constructed as we speak uh, in Henderson at the pavilion site. So uh, lots of positive things in Vegas. I mean, I sound like a broken record, but every time I go up there, I keep seeing more and more positive things, and the Henderson Silver Knights are just another part of that.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it's uh, like you had said, it's it starts at the top. And obviously, uh, the Golden Knights have set the trend for what they expect. And uh, guys who want to play for the organization are going to follow that lead. Um, so they know what the expectation is. They're going to come out to they're going to they're gonna sell out and try and do everything they can to make that roster. Um, and like you had said, they got a lot of guys coming up that's going to make that team. Uh, even stronger and more competitive so it's 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 definitely an organization you want to be a part of and not have to play against all the time because they just constantly look like they're going to be uh they're going to look they're going to be contenders this year next year and barring anything crazy for years to come so it, it's a very strong organization
1: yeah, totally agree, and the best part of it is this year uh, all three of our teams in the AHL are also in the Western Division, so we're going to be able to uh, to see them a lot in Tucson, in Vegas, in Colorado. Uh, they will be squaring off against each other, which I think will be great. We already mentioned the fact that we'll get a chance to see a former Sun Devil uh, with the Barracuda, so that'll be a lot of fun, and I'm just looking forward to, to getting it underway, and it starts this weekend with a couple more uh, – exhibition games in Tucson and then on February 5th it starts for real so we've got lots of stuff to do between now and then I'm working on trying to do uh, uh our AHL stuff on a Monday Wednesday Friday basis where we'll have something up for you each of those days and, and keep track of what's going on with the AHL because I really think right now we're growing this into something that is going to be really exciting this little west coast uh, AHL group And that'll only be enhanced when Seattle adds their team in a year or two. So uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, Thanks to everybody for listening. As always, we love uh, that you uh, listen and love that we get some feedback from you here and there. Another big shout out to Vegas for for, uh, putting us up for the Vegas week. The D-Hotel was certainly a big part of that. Our guests up there were fantastic. We had a great time uh, seeing the facilities, seeing the Henderson Silver Knights, getting over to Stadium Swim, Uh, just a lot of fun. And, We'll look forward to doing it again sometime in the very near future. So, on that note, we'll say goodnight and uh, we'll do it with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers De Niro as soon as Zach finishes his read.
2: All right. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra smooth, Arizona owned. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. Voted the best Ford dealer in Arizona. Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford giant, is the presenting partner of the Sunday special. Ask to see our friend Kevin Wood. Tell him Ice Time Hockey SW sent you to see the top-selling line of Ford trucks and more. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino. From from the Fremont Street experience to the iconic American Coney Island restaurant, we are more than just a great gaming action. Book your spot at the D.com. Verizon, the 5G and the 5G Ultra Band, the business that America's been waiting for. Buy summer skates, fall, winter, it doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the summer skates banner. By behind the mask and behindthemask.com where we can provide for all your hockey needs for inline or on the ice. See the website or our three value locations for more. Whether it's playoff time or any time, it's always time for the best barbecue in Las Vegas. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, call us at 1702 702 541 5546. Go to barbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, it's all about the butt. By M Drive, Monday is not only for professional hockey Southwest Weekly, it's also gym day. So go to MDriveForMen.com men.com, use promo code ICETIME SW at checkout for 20% off M Drive for energy, stamina, and recovery. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask to see Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino is part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network.
1: Very well done as uh, usual, my friend. We'll say night with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers and hope that you'll tune in tomorrow night for another College Hockey Southwest Weekly podcast and, of course, Wednesday night Club Hockey Southwest Weekly podcast. Zach and I will be back with you on Monday night. Hopefully, we'll have a guest. We tried to get three of them. Uh, they all had conflicting uh, things going on this week, but hopefully we get somebody on so we can uh, let somebody else talk instead of you and I for a little while.
2: <laughs> Sounds good.
1: All right, we'll say goodnight with a little De Niro from Roger Kline and the Peacemakers.